So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. What up, what up, what up, friends? And welcome to the Ball and Buds podcast, the rise and fall of Conor McGregor. I am your host, Omar Fonseca, and thank you, as always, for tuning in. I am very excited today. We have a special guest, MMA and boxing expert, Dion Clubs. Yes, sir. He will come in and give us a breakdown on Connor's career and what the future may hold. But first, you know how we like to start things off here on the Ball and Buds podcast with Omar's Overture. So let's kick this bad boy off. If you were writing a Hollywood script for a rags-to-riches story, Conor McGregor's life would be a great story to emulate. Born in Ireland on July 14, 1988, his father a plumber and then a taxi driver. His mother stayed home to take care of the family, but the family struggled, which extended into his early amateur fighting years when he was living off of unemployment benefits of $200 a week, 6,000 euros a year. You're barely getting by at that point, but he was determined. His career is the product of hard work and ambition. That is why he is at where he is at today, because he fought, scratched, and clawed to get his way to the top. McGregor tried to focus on his fights as much as he could while collecting those unemployment benefits, but he could barely keep himself fed and barely above the poverty line. But due to his work ethic, he would still find himself in the gym every day. He wouldn't make enough money until his first fight, but once he signed, it became clear that Conor McGregor was going to be a made-for-TV star and the future of both the MMA and UFC. But Conor would never forget the struggle. He was quoted as saying, What you see is not natural talent, but hard work. Unfortunately, once he did make it to the big stage and started earning all those big paydays, things started to change. Controversy started to surround him. He called it quits a couple times, but always got called back to the octagon in the UFC. But when is it best for an athlete to retire? We know about Conor devastating Aldo, then becoming the first UFC double champ, before getting greedy and fighting Floyd just to no, he was going to lose, but we know that was all about the money. And then all the drama with Khabib, including the bus incident and the brawl after the fight. All these things have come together to form the highs and the lows, the hills and the valleys of Mr. McGregor's career. Again, we have MMA and boxing expert Dion Clubs, who will give us the breakdown on his career and what the future may hold. This is the rise and fall of Conor McGregor. Now, without further ado, D on Clubs, welcome to the show, my brother. 
Hey, thanks for having me, Omar. You know, I love the fact that you use the word expert. And uh, I'd like to say that not only am I an expert, I'm like Biff. I have the sports almanac. So I'm constantly <laughs> right after the fact, 100% of the time. Before the fact, don't ask me no questions. It is what it is. But yes, Stupid. I do love boxing. I do love MMA. Um, I'm not your stereotypical MMA fan or boxing fan. I'm not the guy at Hooters yelling, kill him, kill him. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. I look at those guys funny. I watched the fight. I enjoyed the fight. I like a defensive fight. I love that they use jiu-jitsu, wrestling, things of that nature. Some folks want the knockout. I don't mind a good ground game. No pause. And with boxing, <laughs> I love a defensive fighter. Everybody <laughs> talks shit about someone like Floyd Mayweather or James Tony type. But defensive fighting is its a skill. It's an art. So you know what? I'm that guy. But anyways, appreciate you having me on, Omar. And uh, let's get down with this uh, Conor McGregor stuff. Yes, sir. You damn right. Oh, indeed, the overdose are on the case, baby. So, you have been watching and analyzing fighting sports, MMA, and boxing for a long time now. I trust your opinions on these matters and fight outcomes. You know Connor's career quite well. So, with me mentioning his upbringing in Omar's Overture, how do you believe that this has affected his professional career thus far? Man, Omar, you picked a great topic. I mean, Conor McGregor, where can you go wrong? This guy is a megastar. I repeat, yes, megastar when it comes to the MMA world and even the entertainment world in general. Because everybody knows about Conor McGregor, all right? You got your mailman to the woman buying Sushi at Wegmans on a Thursday night. Everybody knows who Conor McGregor <laughs> is. And with your intro and the double O, you explain, you know, the rags to Richard's story. double O. And that plays a part of how he's kind of digressed in his professional life. Because when you grow up with money, you act a certain way when you get more money. True. When you don't grow up with money, you resort back to those old ways before you had the money. If that makes sense. No, that does. Yep. So that's wild that he was on welfare. That's that's information. I'm still stunned and shocked that that's information that I didn't know. So kudos to you, sir, for bringing all that information <laughs> yes, up. Yes, sir. No doubt. You know, I like to do my due diligence when I do my research. Wait, do, do, bunch of doo-doo right there. Oh, doo-doo jokes. We're in fifth grade now. <laughs> Anyways, but I digress. But yeah, when he was an amateur fighter way before the UFC, he was living off of welfare benefits, him and his girlfriend, $200 a week, which came out to about 6,000 euros a year. So pretty crazy. And so with everything that has happened up to this point in his career, Dion, tell me what has been his Achilles heel? Conor McGregor's Achilles heel? Personally, I think it's himself. He is his own problem. The reason why we tune into him because we want to see what he's going to do next. Right, right. People got to understand, Conor McGregor's a great fighter. He, he's in that karate side stance, makes a little capoeiro. You know, he he can yep. he, he he uses perfect angles. He knows how to get the knockout punch. He's very cerebral as far as his attacks when he's, when he's fighting folks, but. To the common person, they don't care about that. Right. They want to see him act wild, 
talk shit during a promo, things like that. Like if it's Hulk Hogan about to fight Andre the Giant, right? Promo time. You know, it's a spectacle that comes with Conor McGregor that draws everybody in. And unfortunately, when you start drinking your own Kool Aid, sometimes you don't put enough sugar in it. You know, (laughs) he is Irish, so maybe they don't put a lot of sugar in their Kool Aid. Who knows? I'm not judging. Whatever. But that's the thing with Conor McGregor. His Achilles heel is him. He's great in the cage when motivated, but when you make the money that he's already made, where's your motivation come from? Mm, yeah. That's a tough thing right there. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard pill to swallow to all the Conor McGregor fans because a lot of people follow him and they're blind fans. They just automatically think, oh, it's Conor McGregor. He's going to win. He's going to win. Mm, not so much. He hasn't done all that great since he fought Floyd, which he lost. Right. But that got him into the public eye. And like I said, people buying sushi on Tuesday nights at Wegmans know who he is. Not everybody knows who a Dustin Poirier is or, hell, even a Tyron Woodley ex-champ right. or Kamaru Usman. They don't really know who he, those type of people are. True. Opposed to Conor McGregor. Very true. Very true. So, Conor is this worldwide megastar fighter. Has that been part of his strength or what are his strengths so far in his career? The main thing with Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor. It's his aura. You're not just fighting him. You're fighting everybody in the arena. Everybody knows if you're fighting Conor, all eyes are on you. True. So you cannot get caught up in the moment when you fight him. Just ask Donald Cerrone that. Mm. Ask Dennis Seaver that. Yes. Ask a young Max Holloway that. Woo! Ask Chad Mendez that, who fought on 10 days' notice. Take that, you take that. You can't just fight him thinking you're fighting just a normal person because all the cameras, all the eyes, everybody's looking at you. It's going to be a lot of exposure. True. Those folks are just too worried about not getting their asses whooped when they fight him instead of just chopping him down, breaking him down like a Khabib or Dustin did in the second fight. Or even Nate Diaz, who... Nate Diaz is too busy smoking. He doesn't really care. He'd be <laughs> Connor on 10 days notice at 170. But that's another story. Very true. I loved both their fights. I thought they were legendary. Can you give me a breakdown of their last fight, please? Well, Omar, my take on the Nate Diaz fight was Nate doesn't come for money, similar to Conor McGregor, but Nate still has that mentality. So Nate Diaz, he took that fight on 10 days notice, didn't have a full training camp like Conor McGregor had. Conor McGregor was training to fight Rafael Dos Santos. You know, he's ready to fight RDA. He pulled out because of injury. Nate Diaz steps up at 10 days' notice. What does he do? Takes Conor in the deep waters, chokes him out. Conor's Achilles heel to me, just to harp on that again, has right. always been his cardio. He's always had suspect cardio after the third round. That Diaz fight, it was a money getter. If you look at the second fight, they fought twice. Both of them had adequate time to train for each other. Right. At that time, was the most selling pay-per-view bought UFC event. It was a good fight. I mean, Conor won the fight, but if you look at it again, some people might say that Diaz should have won or could have been a draw. It was very close. Even though Conor knocked him down in the first round and knocked him down twice in the second round, Diaz landed more total punches throughout the whole fight. Conor landed more significant punches, but when a fighter gets dropped, they kind of... It weighs on judges. MMA judging is not so great. It's not as bad as some boxing judges, but it's not that great. Diaz trains with somebody like SOG, Soldier of God. You know, he trains with Andre Ward. So he trains with world-class boxers, and he knows how to break a fighter down. Okay. Without using uh, traditional MMA style. 
which would be either jujitsu or maybe the wrestling. When you think of MMA stand-up, it's not as polished as boxing, but the Diaz brothers are probably the closest thing to that in the MMA world. So the second fight, Connor got that, but it's been argued that Diaz should have won or at least should have been a draw. It could have gone either way, but uh, it, was a, it was a very good fight. And even though Connor won, it's a very high-profile fight that he won. Word, word. Well, thanks for that awesome breakdown on the fight. So we know after that, he went on to fight Floyd, and we know that that was all about the money. That was just a greedy-ass cash grab for everybody involved. So how has the money aspect affected Conor McGregor throughout his career? Conor's big pay-per-view debut was supposed to be against Jose Aldo, but Aldo had to pull out due to injury, and so <coughs> okay. he fought Chad Mendez on 10 days' notice. Even on 10 days' notice... And with the change of opponent, they were still able to sell over 800,000 pay-per-view buys. Woo! Crazy. I mean, you think about it, over 800,000 pay-per-view buys and they're charging, what, 60, 65 dollars a pop? Wop. That's not counting the folks who are selling it, and you know who you are. Get up. Not judging them, but I am. <laughs> when he fought Mayweather, ever since then, he's changed. I mean, he's got a lot of legal situations, and that's all because of the money he has. Right. Now, even though he made so much money fighting Floyd Mayweather, the fame is one thing, but the downfall is the fame, okay? It's a gift and a curse, okay? We love money, but with money causes greed and other things, okay? Of course. When he fought Floyd, they went on a press tour, okay? They went to different cities and countries. They went to L.A., New York, Toronto, and even London to promote this damn fight. Wow. Everybody was tuned in. All the hardcore fans, all the people that are into combat sports knew Connor was going to get his ass whooped, but it's not about us. It's more of the public eye. What's going to get the lady buying sushi at Wegmans on a Tuesday or Thursday night? What's going to get her to tune in? Okay. And I'm not judging people that do that because I do that. So whatever. But anyways, <laughs> in that fight alone, he made $85 million, which is ridiculous. Sheesh. Any MMA fighter would dream to make that much money for one fight. Usually, Connor's one of the highest sellers besides like Brock Lesnar. He's probably making around maybe five to 10 mil per uh, UFC fight. Nothing even close to that, what he made for the Floyd fight. And then once he got that money, who can tell him no? That caused a chain of events that kind of spiraled him down a dark, dark path. Right, right. And as you stated earlier, the man came from no money. He didn't have money growing up. He wasn't rich. He wasn't famous before he started fighting. So you give this person the fame, the money. It's a story we've seen in the music industry, even the fighting industry. Of course, yep. Money screws everybody up. In the and end. You can't really say the money changed him too much because when he came into the game, he was loud, cocky, brash, had the Conor McGregor strut, the walk. He, all, he, had, he had all that stuff before he got the money. But when he got the money, it became times 10. Right. And I think his lack of motivation kind of changed once he got paid like that. Okay. When Connor took that break, that was a 14-month gap in between fights when he fought Khabib. So he was out there limousine riding, jet flying, proper 12 whiskey sipping, doing his thing in the public eye. What his ass should have been doing is training. Because you can't just 
come off a layoff like that and fight one of the greatest fighters of all time, Khabib. So, of course, leading up to that fight, Connor was the biggest asshole in the world. This man was, he offered him a shot of his whiskey. You don't offer a Muslim man who's very into his faith, you don't offer them liquor. That's ridiculous. Oh, no. Then he starts talking about his wife, saying that she could look like a goat or whatever because she's always covered oh, up. No. You know, that's their religion. You don't do that shit. Mm-mm. But Connor doesn't care. He wants the views. He wants people. He wants people to tune into him fighting. He's a heel, which they did because their pay per view buys were ridiculous for that fight. I believe they sold uh, two point four million. Woo-wee. Leading up to that fight, Khabib didn't fall for any, any of those antics. Okay, Khabib was one of the most dedicated and hardcore fighters out. So he didn't fall for that shit. Right. Professional. One of the things that took that fight to the next level was the fact that when Khabib was fighting Al Alaquinta, he pressed one of Connor's teammates prior to the fight. So what does Connor do? He sees the footage of Khabib running upon his teammate, punking him, so to say, Hops on a flight from Ireland straight to New York. And that starts the whole Dolly incident where he throws a Dolly through the the the, uh, the tour bus window. Oh, uh, yeah. And direct result of that, Connor was arrested. He was sued by other fighters. Wild. Besides the sexual assault allegations, he's also, there's footage of him punching an old man in a bar, in an Irish bar, I believe, uh, because he didn't want to take a shot of his whiskey. Jeez Louise. There's also another... There's no footage of this, but there is a story of him punching another old man where he had to pay a million dollars to an Irish cartel. Allegedly. Allegedly. So Connor's just out of control. You know what I'm saying? He got the money. He's living a life. He's acting wild. He's acting crazy. You know what I'm saying? He's doing his thing. But uh, he got a reality check when he fought Khabib because Khabib had him tap, I believe, in the fourth round. And then all the stuff leading up to the fight, there goes the melee. He hops the fence, goes after Connor's teammate, Dylan Dennis. All hell breaks loose. Ooh, One of Khabib's yep. teammates punches Connor upside his head. A random person jumps in wah, the, wah, 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 the cage. Wah. Just all hell breaks loose. It's, it's pretty embarrassing. People I mean, throwing blows everywhere. I haven't seen anything like that in a combat sporting event since maybe the fan guy. I think it was Holyfield versus Bo. Or yep, yep. Galata versus uh, Rick Bo in Madison Square Garden. I mean, stuff like that is not good for the sport. Oh, yeah, that riot. I mean, it, it brings eyes because everybody's like, what the hell's going on it? Everybody is going to view it, but it's still not a good thing. Trash, if you ask me. Trash. That can give the sport a black eye. Now, with his fight with Cowboy Cerrone, you know, Cerrone kind of chokes on that big stage. And when you're fighting Connor, you're fighting that invisible force field. You're fighting that aura, that uh, that crowd of thousands and thousands of screaming Irish fans doing the soccer chants and screaming and yelling. And you get caught up in hype and you'll go to sleep. And that's what happened to Cerrone, you know. He doesn't perform well on big stages when it's a main event, and Connor took advantage of that. I mean, Connor would look, looked motivated. He looked like he was ready to fight, but gave him a shoulder strike and then got him stunned after that, and he was done in 40 seconds. I mean, that's that shouldn't happen to a high-caliber fighter if you're Donald Cerrone, but... Dunzo! You know, this guy is, is brass, walks in water, he's a shit talker, and people get caught up in the hype. You know, certain fighters can't can't adjust to that. They're not ready to handle somebody like that, this flash like that. Right. You know, it's like fighting a young uh, Prince Nassim Hamed. Hmm. Or maybe even a, a young sweepy Pornell Whitaker, you know what I'm saying? A, a showman. A lot of people can't handle that. Ooh, yeah. Sweepy. 
So speaking of that, he dusted Cerrone. What happened between that fight and the Poirier fight when he got knocked out? And I know you called it because you told me about the leg kicks. And then you just backed it up yesterday by sending me that detail clip by DC breaking down the leg kicks, just like you had said. So can you tell me what the difference was between those two fights, please? You fight Dustin Poirier in a rematch. There's no crowd. When you're going in there, it's just those two in the cage. So Poirier doesn't have to worry about those crazy Irish fans screaming and chanting Mm, and doing all those soccer chants. With Connor's name, you know, it's one-on-one in a quiet arena. So I think that played to uh, Dustin's benefit. And I'm sorry, if you can't check a leg kick, I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, he was tearing his leg up. He was kicking the haggis out of his leg. I mean, it was terrible. Uh, I mean, if you look at they showed a picture of his leg two weeks later, it looked like a silhouette of a baked potato. I mean, I don't understand how Connor didn't check one leg kick. Ugh. And Dustin just broke him down systematically. Took his legs, and once he stopped checking those leg kicks... Connor couldn't do anything about his stand-up. And third round uh, TKO. Good night. Take some NyQuil. Put him to sleep. I actually called that last fight against Dustin. I said he'd knock yes, him out. Yes, you did. You can ask Shane Peacher, your uh, NFL expert. We both won some money on FanDuel. You know what I'm saying? We were celebrating, popping bottles of Gatorade, doing our thing. But Dustin's been a savage for the last two to three years, uh, taking people out left and right. So I knew Connor couldn't just come off a beating Don Cerrone in 40 seconds and then uh, fighting Dustin, thinking he was going to win. Right, right. Nah. He uh, busted that leg open, gave him the two shots of NyQuil, and he was falling asleep, you know? He was he was just like Nate Robinson, you know? Both of them were asleep on a couch, you know? Beautiful <laughs> me. <laughs> Schlumped. You got knocked the fuck out, Smokey. <laughs> both on the couch. That, that meme was hilarious. They both got slumped for real, though. Nate for sure. That was bad. I don't think he should do that again, to be honest. Oh, that was not a good look. But anyways, tell me what you think the next option should be for Conor McGregor. Conor does have options. I mean, he can go the boxing route again. He still has a a decent name out there where public do tune into his fights and want to know what's going on. So he does have a good following. I think he might go the boxing route. They they flirted with him fighting Pacquiao, which... Wouldn't be a good fight, but people will still tune in. I know I would. Don't add. Don't add. <laughs> you don't have a Twitter, fool. No one can add you. But I would like to see how, see that fight, see what happens. He can. He still has options as far as doing that. But to be a UFC champion again, I don't see him unless he became super motivated and, and took all the distractions out the window. You know, just focus on fighting and worked on his craft more, maybe more defense and or learn how to wrestle a little more. He, he can he can come back from this, but it's really going to be on him because he's got the money. He's, he's paid. So where's the motivation? Mm. If he wants to become a champ again, depending on who becomes champ at 155, if Khabib gives up the belt, if Chandler and Poirier uh, go at it or... Uh, okay, okay. Oliveira and uh, Gagey might fight, who knows, but... Right. It's still up in the air at 155. At 170, he shouldn't even think about it because... After seeing Kamar Usman knock out Gilbert Burns, uh, he should not even think of going to 170 because Kamar Usman will knock the shepherd's pie out of him. It would, be, it would look ridiculous. <laughs> so who knows? No doubt about that. You are correct, my friend. Whatever he does, it doesn't matter because he is going to secure the bag. Faux show. 
But me personally, in my opinion, I'd love to see the third fight with Diaz followed by the third fight with Poirier and then go fight Pac-Man. Or maybe even Khabib at that point if he's interested because Connor has put together a few wins by then. So since this whole episode is called The Rise and Fall of Conor McGregor, what do you see as the future for Mr. McGregor? My guesstimate, remember, I'm Mr. After the Fact, so I'm, I'm claiming it now. If I'm wrong, okay. don't worry about that. But if I'm right, I'll take full credit. <laughs> so what I would say is he will do one boxing match. Okay. I'm not sure against who. Maybe a Jake Paul, maybe a Pacquiao, or a semi-decent fighter, just to get his name out there. But right. I do not think he will become a UFC champion again. I don't see it. Okay, wow. He might. I'll give him three the four more UFC bouts and one boxing matches. That's it. He might go to uh, WWE or uh, AEW. True. Or uh, Richmond Lucha Libre. You never know. So Richmond he, Lucha. He could, uh, he could go the wrestling route. Copyright boom production. Yeah, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Most deaf. Hopefully in the near future when we get other big fights. I'll come on. I'll break them down. Give you my two cents that aren't needed. And I will go from there. I love what you're doing. Hopefully I tune in. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. MMA and boxing expert D on clubs. Thank you for joining the Ball and Buds podcast, my friend. The rise and fall of Conor McGregor. My friends, we have talked a lot today about his life and career, where he has been and where he may go. And you know how we like to end things here on the Ball and Buds podcast with Omar's epilogue. Since November 2016, when Conor McGregor became UFC's first champ champ, he's been stripped of his featherweight and lightweight titles, lost a boxing match to Floyd, then lost a title fight to Khabib, came back from a break, dusted Cerrone, and then was stopped by Poirier in their rematch. This was Conor's first convincing loss since Khabib, so what will we see? Will he be champion again, or will he suffer another crucial blow to his legacy? Will it make him hungrier to get back to the top? Or does he consider calling it on what has been, for sure, a most glorious career? What does McGregor do next? He admitted that inactivity and bouncing in and out the UFC wouldn't work. But when he's focused, he's tough to beat. Brash and cocky fighters like Conor become superstars, and they stay that way because they prove it and the audience loves to tune in and see their worldwide stars. But it can also end horribly if you get into these controversies, or if you end up losing fights, then fans will think differently of you. People love a hero, but they love to see the cocky bastard lose. So do we have another Hollywood comeback for Connor? We're going to find out. Will it be boxing with Manny Pacquiao? Maybe GSP or Khabib interested? Masvidal? I read in Diaz wants Poirier and Oliveras, so maybe that takes Diaz out of the picture. But in Connor's division, got Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveras, Chandler, Ferguson, and then someone had mentioned Usman, but Usman just took out Burns, and he still has Covington, Edwards, and Masvidal in front of him. So Connor does have some options, and it looks like some others are eliminated. When should an athlete retire, though? When does one athlete stay too long? Athletes and other sports do it constantly all the time, including boxing, basketball. People stay too long past their prime and start to wear out their welcome. So we'll all stay tuned in as 
my friend Dion said, we're all going to watch no matter who you are because he is a star. Find out what happens next with Mr. Conor McGregor. But he hasn't fallen yet. He's still a man that a lot of people want to fight. He's just at a crossroads. And depending on which path he takes from here and what critical choices he makes, that will determine the rest of his career and, frankly, the rest of his life. Don't forget to support your boy. As always, subscribe to stay updated and download all the new episodes. Until then, stay safe, take care of yourself, be kind to each other, and spread love the Omar way. Holla! 5,000. So, I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.